Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, congrats on um, on your golf uh, picks over the weekend. You did great. Uh, it's uh, Monday and we're handicapping the NFC East today. The last but also least uh, is the Eastern Conference, Eastern Divisions of the two NFL um, conferences. NFC East first. There's some teams. I'm, there are two teams I'm excited to talk about today, or t- excited to talk about this week. And there are two teams that I think um, I really don't have much positive to say, just because there are huge question marks and they've had some really rough off seasons. Um, yeah, and that's that's fair. The whole division kind of a, a very uh, what's the word for it? Just eventful off season for this entire division. Yeah, and the market is very um, is very decisive. The Cowboys are the best. The Eagles are second, and they're close, but they're definitely a playoff team. The Giants are not a playoff team, and they are the third. And the Redskins might be one of the worst teams in football. I mean, the market is crystal clear about their opinion on these four teams. There's no murkiness. There's no, uh, you know, there's no scalping across books and things like that. Like everybody is kind of in lockstep here. Would you agree? Yes. And then disclaimer, we're going to say Redskins the whole time. Oh yeah. Like if, I mean, if, if we're not trying to offend anybody, but it's going to get annoying if we keep trying to correct ourselves. Great point. Because it's so hard. I still say San Diego chargers. You think I'm going to say Washington football team here? You are sadly mistaken. We're going to just call them the Redskins out of habit and we'll try to fix it during the season. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. it's going to be tough. You know what? Do you know what, uh, what tripped me up? I'm looking at this odd screenshot I have, and it says uh, Washington Redskins. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, you got the. I got the, everything I'm looking at. It's got the logo. It says yeah, Redskins. Uh, it's awful tricky. So, all right. I yeah, guess they, they will uh, be but, the football you know, team. The official deep dive stance is congratulations to the Washington Redskins for joining the 20th century and um, and you know moving in the progressive direction on this and uh, you know giving some modicum of respect to the uh, first peoples of our country. So. Um, you want to start with Washington? I personally don't think they're the fourth best team in this division, but they're they're here at the bottom, and I want to talk about them the most. What do you think? Yeah, I have a strong opinion that they could be um, not only the third best team in the division, but wildly surprised. Like I'm, you know, we we've given a lot of this is a alt under for us, and to be fair. When the markets come out, that. yeah, yeah, we should be doing alt unders. You shouldn't be betting a lot of alt overs. There's so many more things that can go wrong that can magically go right. Although there are teams that they cover their regular season win total by half a dozen games. It happens. The Bears a couple of years back when they won 12, their team total was like six and a half. You know, these things happen all the time. It's just really hard to predict. But long term, I'm kind of. I'm kind of intrigued by Washington. I like what they've done. They were, you know, you get a really good receiver in McLaurin in the third round. You know, you're not using high draft capital to to nab something like that. They had a, they had high draft capital and they got a high impact player. At least we hope he's a high impact player because we took some big swings. They're as big as they let us on uh, rookie of the year, defense rookie of the year for Chase Young. Uh, fantasy, the fantasy community, DFS, long-term best ball, everybody was already in love with Antonio Gibson before the troubling revelations with Darius Juice. And now, now they're absolutely just creaming their pants over. So, I mean, Gibson pants creaming. It's true. Gibson pants. I mean, you got AP ahead of this guy at this point. (laughs) Yeah. No, so, I yeah, and, and, Gibson, and Gibson essentially, you know, I've, I say this about a lot of running backs where, well, this guy's essentially a slot receiver too. This guy is. I mean, he was. He was kind of a hybrid in college. This guy is going to catch some balls if they use him right. And the more I looked into it, I am not fully checked out on Haskins. They really, yeah. they really dick the dog. Like, we don't know what we have in him at all because of just how poorly. You think we handled COVID poorly? 
Go look at how Gruden handled Haskins. Like, like you know, every oh, it was day, every full he'd, on sabotage. Yeah, he he'd come out and say he's not ready. We're not starting him. But then he kept two quarterbacks on the roster, and Keenum twice got you know one time he got benched, one time he got hurt, and they were forced to throw Haskins in in just horrid situations against some tough defenses. He he looked awful against Minnesota. Like, that's not a spot you want to throw him in in a in a game where you're you're behind to a really tough defense with a good pass rush and and he's not prepped to play anyway. So that sucked. Yeah. Like it, it did. It sucked for him. He was great in college. He was a he was a really good player. He was a you know he was a high draft pick. So I think this team obviously is missing a bunch of pieces when you have a win total like this and a, honestly a schedule like this. And, you know, the expectations are this low. You're going to have a bunch of holes, and they still do have a bunch of holes. It's not like this team is sneakily going to be a wild card team, but this team could sneak up to the they – could, they could sneak into the, the edge of the edge of the wild card. Like, you know, four weeks left, and they're, they're in the teams that aren't eliminated. You know, in, it'll be in the hunt, and they're, they're in the, the last – Yeah. You know, they'll be that last team in the in the hunt graphic. Like, yeah. wow, Washington, you know, Washington's six, you know, six and seven, but they can still make the playoffs if things go right. And then you look at the schedule and it's like, oh, they have the Steelers, Niners, Seahawks, <laughs> and Eagles yet. Like, no, no, yeah. they're not. They're not in the hunt. No, so no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful for them long term. And honestly, I'm hopeful for them short term. If Chase Young works out nice, they have some nice pieces on the D line. They got some new pieces in the secondary. Uh, and then just Haskins. We'll see how Haskins does. With it sucks because in this in this scenario where Haskins gets misused, you come into a new season. We've got a hopefully a much better coaching staff, a better plan, and then we don't get a preseason for the kid. Yeah. So hopefully they're doing everything they can. Uh, I like Ron Rivera. You know we shit on retreads all the time, but yeah. I guess I'd like to, I'd like to hear your opinion on Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, and Jack Del Rio because I think all of them can be pretty good coaches, and uh, and sometimes it just takes a new situation. Like Ron yeah. Rivera, two time coach of the year. Yeah, um, no, I think all of that was really well said, uh, and I stared long and hard at. Uh, Washington football team to make the playoffs is plus 700 seven to one that they make the playoffs. God. Um, I don't blame you. Everyone in the NFC East has a tough schedule. You know, what if something happens to Dak? What if something happens to Carson Wentz? I don't have any confidence that the giants are going to sneak up on anyone. Um, it's oh, not we'll get to them. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they're going to be in the hunt, like you said, especially come week 11, right? But that stretch from 12 to 14, like, God help them. Um, It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, And I guess taking a broader step back, uh, given that we are both relatively bullish on this team, both for surprising this year and long-term being a more stable franchise, um, something wrong with us? <laughs> Do we have a head injury at some point? Uh, we, you're tell, we're all we're bullish on a team with a retread head coach uh, that's running a scheme, you know, a talent, a defensive talent-loaded team with an unproven quarterback that uh, uh, you know has issues on the offensive line. Like there, there is it, it is a little bit of a um, soul-searching. You know, what what is it about these guys? Right. That's that's the thing. Like, what is so different from this team? All the nice things I just said, or the the hopefulness I had about this team, when a lot of that I spun in a negative sense for like Carolina, like sure. oh, brand new coaching staff, all this no continuity, completely new coaching staff, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. It's gonna go real bad. Why? Why? I guess that was something I thought about today because it that. That, uh, you know, that didn't – that crossed my mind. Like, why why do I treat one team one way and one team the other? Because it's yeah. similar situations. Yeah. I think I just don't know what I'm getting yet from uh, – oh, who's the guy from Baylor? Rule. Whereas yeah. I think Ron Rivera can be a good coach. I think Jack Del Rio is a much better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. 
Yeah. Scott Turner. An insane, certified insane person, but that's a different conversation. Oh, no, for sure. Me and him share a birthday, by the way. (laughs) Oh, not the same, not the same year. Um, (laughs) And then Scott Turner, which is, uh, that's one of those, which way do you want to spin it? The nepotism of the NFL or the guy's been around football his whole life. I don't think Scott Turner's a bad coach. It'll, it'll yet to be seen, but I think the three of them combined, it, it could be a good situation just with having that much experience and coming into a, I think as a coach, it probably feels good to come into a fresh, like, Hey, we got a young quarterback. It's great yeah. in college. Low ex- low, lowest of the low expectations. Yeah. No, nobody expects much out of us. We got a pretty good outside wide receiver. We got Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> we got a super old running back who is made out of, you know, adamantium. Like he's unbreakable. Honestly, I don't know how that guy still runs. He's gonna oh, hurt yeah. so like he will i it's terrible to say this. I don't I shouldn't even say it, but like he'll be a, in a walker in like at forty five. Cause he's mm-hmm. so hard on it. He's he was hard on his body in college. Like that guy takes hits. So but you got you got a uh, Peterson to maybe mentor Gibson a little, and Gibson's gonna be great in the passing game. If the offensive line plays up a little, the defense has a few nice spots. I think I can be hopeful for this team to win some coin flip games because there are a lot of coin flip games. And when we get to New York, you know, the New York football giants will explain that we're pretty low on them. So there's two right there, the Bengals, the Panthers, really the Rams at home. I don't, I don't mind that at all. The Rams going to the Mm. East coast. Oh yeah. I'm low on the Rams getting, getting Jernigan up the gut on Goff. Plus seven right now in there. Yeah, that feels that feels like plus seven something I might have in pocket. As much as I was high on Cleveland for certain reasons, that's that's not a plus, huge plus nine. Yeah, that's silly. Like I I, I don't know, and I, maybe I don't know that they'll win seven eight games, but I think they're going to cover a bunch. Yeah, like eleven. They are five. getting yeah. Maybe <clears throat> and maybe that's where we're at. We're not so hopeful. You put the you just you win. just put you just put the you just put the final point on that. That is they're exactly bettable. What it is. They're fucking they're bettable. bettable. Yeah, the the power numbers as we look across the NFL, this one's the one that's the the most out of whack. Um, there's no there's no universe where uh, the Washington football team should be six point underdogs coming off their bye. Uh, against the Giants or something like like it, like there's some crazy examples like that. Um, I'm actually that this was is it. This is the scenario six, we've talked about point, all these years. Right. The the Washington betting, the, betting yeah. early lines. Right. We're gonna get well, crazy. See, I'm gonna bet. I'm not gonna like bet my full unit, but I'm gonna make some smaller bets on some lines just to prove a point. Like or or be dead wrong. Right. And there's and, a, you know like, we're gonna get legit- to week nine and I'm gonna have a, a crazy number on them. There's a legitimate recipe here for this team turning it around. Like there's a template. Like this is this all looks and feels very familiar, right? This feels very um, Bears 2018-ish. This feels very Niners 2019-ish, right? Like maybe not quite as competent a coaching staff as what the Niners have. Um, certainly not uh, as established uh, offensive weapons and offensive line. Um, but what you have with Washington, which is so intriguing to me, is just this absolute uh, stable of first-round draft picks across your defensive line who were already quite awesome NFL players. And yeah. now you add uh, maybe the best of the bunch to the mix which gives you depth and which takes away any team's ability to double team uh, and gives you pass rushing advantage, which helps you in every single passing down for the entire season. Like that's huge. And we noted that a pass rush requires a lead, right? Like a pass rush is only so good as you can actually deploy those guys. Right. And granted there will be plenty of games where the Washington football team is down early by two scores and the defense overall is like, ugh, they're not quite as impactful as we thought. Um, but it's going to be a shock for some of these teams to try to handle these guys. Uh, there's going to be drive-stopping third-down sacks early in games, and there's going to be game-changing turnovers created by the pressure that this unit can create. 
Um, you just know that these are realities. The question is, do, does it manifest in covers? Does it manifest in wins? And for that to be the case, we do have to have a little bit of faith that uh, whatever the situation is offensively and whatever Ron Rivera is, ta- you know, is bringing to the organization from a leadership standpoint is going to help give Dwayne Haskins some stability and going to help turn him into a bona fide NFL player. Because what we saw last year was not that, and it was not close reasonably. And you're, I would even go farther than what you were saying um, about the, the situation. I, it was intentional sabotage on the part of Jay Gruden because I felt like he was trying to get fired. He didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't agree with their pick of Haskins in the first place for whatever reason. Um, and he was making a point to management that this guy's not ready to start and he's not ready to start and I'm not going to start him and he's thumbing his nose at them. Uh, and then he says, oh, okay, you guys want me to start him? Fine. Surprise, you're starting, you know, after not getting any kind of game prep for that, uh, what was it, week four matchup against the Giants. They just absolutely threw him to the wolves, embarrassed the hell out of the kid, uh, throws three ugly picks just because he doesn't know where receivers are going or what, you know, what the play call is supposed to be. And Gruden get to be, got to beat his chest and be like, yep, see, I told you he was ready you know and that was like the weird pissing contest that was going on in washington last year that was such a it was just and granted you don't even need to us to recount this it was an absolutely top to bottom toxic culture in washington for years and last year was kind of the pinnacle of all the nonsense um you and you know to daniel snyder's credit if he deserves anything um he acknowledged you know that there were many negative forces in the administration and cleaned house really from top to bottom uh, and kind of has handed Ron Rivera the keys here. And Ron Rivera, by all accounts, he may not have a forward thinking approach in terms of the game of football at this point in his career, but he sure as hell is a stabilizing voice to have in the locker room. And as a, you know, just kind of the face of the franchise uh, from a, from a leadership standpoint. So that's, those are huge positive changes. And when you make, you know, when you, when you excise some of the cancer that was part of this franchise last year um, and you add, you know, you add strength on strength in a way that you have, you know, a potentially, if everything clicks, a bona fide top five defense, um, you're going to be damn competitive in the NFL this year. And I think it's, it's entirely reasonable to be bullish on this team, even in spite of the fact that, you know, there's, they don't have the, the telltale, uh, you know, handful of um, things that we especially like in terms of plus EV football. Yeah, definitely. Even a shitty old retread, if that's – because that's like the low end of what you might get is better than what you had. A guy one foot out the door making terrible decisions. I mean, the whole staff just seemed kind of checked out. So I'm – I'm excited if I'm, you know, if I'm a, a Washington fan, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about the changes because it can't, it can't go downhill at all. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change for sure. And I mean, he's had success This is a Super Bowl appearing coach. He's done some things with a, a mobile quarterback in the past. Yeah. I think, I think Scott Turner can probably be, I mean, just, Maybe based on his age. Let's let's look up how old Scott Turner is. Over or under forty five. Under. Thirty eight. I don't thought he was like forty two. I remember him when he was here, uh, in Minnesota with with Norv. Norv. Norval. Norval Turner. But uh, yeah, thirty eight year old offensive coordinator. Hopefully, I guess that's what they're hoping for. It's funny that it's to like reverse ageism, as far as. Uh, you know, like, oh, he's a young guy. So we're going to get – it's like a combination of Shandy McVeigh and everybody else, you know, just because he's young. I guess yeah. that's the thought. So hopefully that's what we're seeing because I think if you can – I mean, let's take all the nice things we said about those nice young coaches, like Kingsbury or, yeah. or even good coaches in general. Harbaugh, you had a quarterback that some people thought should have been a wide receiver. They designed an offense around him and made him an MVP. You've got Shanahan, who took a team to the Super Bowl with – I mean, that was the expectations obviously weren't there before the season. We talked about how he puts them out there and then does things that aren't expected. 
I mean, those are good. It's a good way to do things. You go out there, run, run out of a, a spread formation or pass out of a running formation, whatever, whatever it takes to just keep the defense on their toes. All the things that, uh, all the things that make these younger and not, not even younger, the smarter coaches successful. Like the, those are the things you got to look for because if it's just, if you're just going to see the same old, same old and like tired formations and plays that are really safe stuff, uh, I guess we can check out early on, on Washington. But if, if we see some of that, like, Hey, the, you know, they're, they're using Haskins strengths. They're, they're using misdirection play action, pre-snap motion, certain plays out of different, you know, different formations that are keeping him off his back, keeping him from taking big hits because the line isn't great. Like they got to definitely do something to, you know, that's going to be scheme-based. You can't, you can coach guys up, but when you have a bad offensive line, the way to fix that is with scheme. Make sure he's getting the ball out quick, which sucks you because you want McLaurin scrambling deep or streaking deep, but I don't know, rollouts, bootlegs, anything it takes to get him from standing in the pocket and just taking it after hit. Because it was it was rough watching him when he got thrown in those games second half. So it, it, it I, I, think, I think the, co- the coaching staff is more important right now to this team than almost any other team. Because a lot as far as forward predicting and something, what you know, I was talking about that during these. What we need to watch for, I think, what we need to watch for is what Turner and you know, in a you know Ron Rivera too, because he's going to have a big hand in the game plan. What they decide this offense is going to be, because if it's if it's not if it's not anything exciting or if they're not doing anything out of the ordinary, it's not going to be good. They don't have enough pieces yeah, for that. That's absolutely true. The offensive line is sketch. Uh, you have like as you mentioned, you have a running back who's older than dirt um, as your current RB one. Um, and I, I guess I would only just add to this that what you're bringing up, I think, is super relevant and correct. But I think it it conveys more towards the long term making the most out of this, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. In the short term, it has to be better. Like they're literally there can be there's there. You can't even under you can't understate how effed up last year was for this kid. Um, and because, you know, even after Jay Gruden got fired, you got Bill Callahan in there and he was running, uh, he had his running frequency on, uh, on early downs was like, it was impossibly high, uh, on top of the fact that you knew every single one was going to be unsuccessful, uh, on top of the fact that he was literally looked like he was trying to run out the clock, uh, every time he, the Washington football team had the ball, which is, you know, that is not going to get you the reps you need. That's not going to get you the development you need. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't fair. That's for sure. Um, and if you just are, if you are operating a, an average, a league average offense, and you are coaching this kid up and he's getting reps in the same quarterback room with the likes of Alex Smith and, uh, you know, some of the other um, uh, kind of veteran QBs and kind of picking up, important things along the way. And, you know, you're running more play action. You're, you know, you're giving him, uh, you know, designed looks to connect with Terry McLaurin, who we both, I think we both think he's a very solid wide receiver. Um, you know, and, and you're giving, you know, you're putting two, you know, lots of 21 personnel and, you know, giving the left side of your offensive line, some help with tight end blocking. Like you can do a decent job with an average offense to give him a chance which is a hell of a lot more than he had last year, in my opinion. Um, And so it'll be a learning. And also even beyond that, like Ron Rivera has the keys. He's not going to get fired this year. That can 900 million percent guarantee you. He will be the court, you know, the coach and that he will have a similar staff heading into 2021. Like there is nothing that Daniel Snyder wants more than to cool off some of the pressure uh, that has come along with his tumultuous ownership of this franchise. And yeah, staying out of the news would be good for this franchise. <laughs> yes, right. And so these guys are going to be back. There is absolutely no threat of losing your job if you are the offensive coordinator and this, or the quarterback's coach or even the head coach. And that is huge when it comes to not 
trying to shortcut, not trying, not giving him, you know, not, not, not uh, pulling him uh, with the short uh, fuse because, uh, you know, you're, he's costing you a win that you need to save your job, you know, like not, not jerking him around in terms of, you know, reps and snaps and practice and things like that. Like, you know, they, they, they are the, 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 um, the path for their long-term success overall as a franchise is all married to developing this kid. And I think that provides uh, the stability needed to get the most out of him one way or the other. Um, and, you know, there's a reason, you know, there's upside there, right? Like the way that the, this team is priced as you look at these games that we just mentioned in the book headlines, the way that they're priced in the wins market and the futures market, it's already priced in that he's going to be the worst quarterback in the NFL period. They're 15 and a half. Have we moved on to the giants? (laughs) I'm telling you how they're priced, right? They're they're priced that he is the worst. And what if he's, you know, the fifth worst, (laughs) then he's not, you know, then right away, He's a little better than the him, current. Yeah, that price. makes him better than Daniel <laughs> that, Jones. That, it makes it better that he's currently priced. Uh, what yeah. if he's average? Right now, we, now all of a sudden you've taken a leap from 32nd best in the league to 16th best in, in the league, uh, just because of the situation is more stable because they're running a you know uh, a scheme that helps you know helps you make make the most out of your talent. You know now you have a completely different uh, you know ceiling for the team overall, and you're live in a lot of these games. Um, and granted there are holes, there are weaknesses we talked about the left side of this offensive line is a true nightmare. Uh, and if Haskins can't handle the pressure, we're going to find out real quick. Um, cause they're going up against Philly week one, they're going up against, uh, miles carrot and company week three, uh, blitz happy, uh, Ravens week four, like we're going to Baltimore know. Rams. Yeah. Chan, good luck, yeah. line. Right, you got uh, you have a murderer's row pass rush. The end, the season, the end. We'll, know. Um, well, but, like you talk about the last five games, Pittsburgh, yeah, San Fran, I mean Philly, and even Seattle a little bit. Like, and we'll see what Dallas's defense looks like. If any, if there is any strength, it might be part of that offense or defensive line as they kind of rebuilt it there. Like Everson Griffin was kind of a good get. So yeah, they're gonna face some tough pass rushers. And yeah, if you're uh, if you're lining up on the right side of that defensive line, that's exciting for you. Like that's a good way to build up some stats. And that's I mean that's the biggest job for this coaching staff this year is keeping Haskins off his back, getting him some confidence, some reps, some success, seeing what you can get out. Of it. And again, we say this over and over with young quarterbacks: see what you got. See, see, see if it's time to move on. Because, I mean, regardless, this team's drafting in the top half of the next draft. I don't know what they have for other people's picks going forward. I, I should have pulled that up because I feel like they might have somebody's 2021. But either way, Chase Young should be a stud. They yeah. got this receiver from Liberty. I'm kind of low-key – I like him excited too. Excited about Andy <laughs> Golden. I just yeah. like picks like that where you take a you know, kind of a, a sneaky D two player or whatever you have FBS. Liberty's offense was very solid. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get the conference tournaments. Yes, I think that is. one actually finished. Um, but yeah, no, they had a bunch of draft picks. It'll be interesting to see what they get out of some of the other ones. Obviously, everyone's excited for the top two. They took a tackle from uh, offensive tackle from LSU. That was a good line. That was a great offense. Um, yeah. That's yet to be seen how Charles looks at that. You know, like you said, the, the whole left side of the line is new. So while we think it might be a weakness, we don't know. True. Like that's that that's a big upside slash downside. They could be a lot worse than we think, or yeah. they could mash pretty quickly, play well, and all of a sudden it is a team that has a, a chip chair and a chance in some of these games outside of you know the Giants, Carolina, Bengals, Detroit, you know the the easier games, what have you. So I think long term we're kind of bullish on it. This is how a team builds success. You find offensive pieces later in the rounds like McLaurin, Mike, like Gibson, hopefully, you know, Chase Young is still on a cheap deal. You got to, if this left tackle works out, you got a really cheap anchor to the left side of your line. 
honestly, the right side isn't awful. They need a couple more receivers. They need a little more help in secondary and probably off-ball linebacker. But, yeah, I mean, no, you I know, you, 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 have, you have a win total like this. You're going to have six, six places you need to fill in. So it'll be exciting if they can have a little bit of momentum this year. I think they need to do a little free agent shopping, try to fill one more hole like that. Yeah, and that's true. Giddy up, giddy up! Start, start uh, <laughs> bringing back the a little excitement to FedEx Field. It's true, man. It's true. Um, What's the name of the FedEx town? Raljan. Raljan. I can never. You always remember that for me. They had to. They had to decide between the uh, the the uh, nickname and the and the sponsor. And shockingly, in 2020, they went with the sponsor. I think so. I think it is still FedEx Field. I just got a lot of money. Yeah. Do they face? Do they face the Titans this year? Uh no. They are playing the AFC North, which I think is nasty, right? Like that's again kind of going back to overall why I'm like just overall low on the NFC East. Like that's a bad draw. Like you drew the. NFC West and the AFC North as your division to cross opponents. Yeah. That I guess sucks. I was sucks. I was just sucks. saying, can you imagine if they would have if they would have spurned FedEx and then had to face the Titans? What yeah. Arthur Smith what wrath Arthur Smith would have laid upon them? <laughs> he would have laid them to waste in the name of FedEx and yeah. Frederick W. Smith. Yeah. Derrick Henry would have just uh you know pile drive Chase Young, uh, and uh, that would be that. It's funny um, how much Arthur Smith content we ended up getting after we like, had know. to look him up last year. I can't believe it, man. Love so, Arthur Smith. Yeah, my, um, guy. my guy. I, I had, my guy, Arthur my Smith. My guy, Arthur Smith. <laughs> if, I, if I had to make a bet on this team, I don't hate a huge-ass number to make the playoffs. I think it's unlikely, but I think it's more likely. It'd be fun, than, yeah. Yeah, like, what's that imply? Like 15%? 7-1? to one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's no, probably, it's, even, it's probably even less, 12%. 12%, that's probably right. That's probably pretty close. So, I mean, it, it's it's at least you're not taking like a minus EV position, I don't think. It's not the longest odds of any team to make the playoffs. I think that's the Jaguars maybe, but it's pretty close. Um, seven to one, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a fun play. Like, if, there's, if, they, if they get off to uh, some interesting early uh, – do I still have you? Yeah, no, you internet connection unstable. Sorry, you you um, froze a little. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, if they get off to an interesting start, uh, build a little momentum, get a little buy-in from the players. Like, yeah, why not? Um, they just have a tough. They just have a tough schedule, which you know throws a little cold water on that. Uh, I also stared at their alt over win totals. Uh, I was looking real hard at over six and a half. Is plus one ninety five. Um, do you see seven? You know I might. Ju- I might play. I might just play their regular regular old over. Yeah, sure. Over or over five. six. Well, if there's over. an over six flat, plus one sixty six. Yeah, I don't mind. I think. Circa I think they might take even care have a better of, number. Yeah, I might talk to somebody out in the desert because I think they can take care of business against the Giants, Cincy, and Carolina. Get those four wins, and then you have three more Sleep. coin flips in Detroit, yeah. Detroit, Arizona, Cleveland. Maybe the Rams. A couple other home games. If, if Seattle isn't what we thought they are late in the season, and they're yeah. floundering. The recipe boy, for that, an upset. That's a, re- with, that's a reach. The recipe. The recipe for an upset with this team is pretty straightforward. Um, you pass rush. You get a lead. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a lead. You, you get a lead. Yeah, and then you can absolutely control the game uh, and you know put a ton of pressure on your opponents to throw their way back into it. Um, and so basically, you know, you're, you're we're, we're going to find out one way or another if if these guys are capable of getting a lead against the likes of the Cleveland Browns, right, or the Arizona Cardinals. Like I think it's possible. Um, and at that point, I think they're alive. Um, so you see the uh, see the lottery. Oh no! Is it the Knicks? Don't tell me the Knicks got the number one this year. <laughs> they Did got they? eight. They yeah, moved eight? backwards. You should see. You oh, should see Twitter. God. Knicks Twitter. Costas is mad. <laughs> he just tweet storm. Enough all caps. A lot of f words. And now he and yeah, all the Knicks fans. Uh, Timberwolves got number one. Oh, cool. Which uh, cool. our friend Dwayne makes a good point, and he actually found a tweet to back him up. 
probably is good news for Anthony Edwards. It is. Yeah. It is. I want to switch sports for five seconds. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with them because ball isn't a fit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Uh, and you know, I think Anthony, it's a good news Draft. for Anthony Edwards in a bunch of ways. Anthony Edwards is not going to end up in, uh, in New York now too. I mean, it's yeah. the double, double good news. For him. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah. You draft ball and trade him. It's the mm-hmm. Eli Manning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not crazy. Um, if you can get assets, you know, you don't want this draft is weak, is, uh, is weak by all accounts. Um, the final thoughts on the Washington football team. Um, do uh, I guess do has anything changed your shaking your confidence in Chase Young? DROI? No. Um, obviously, the missing preseason doesn't help rookies, but I think as far as pass rushers go, um, obviously, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I did play a little DN. I was also nose tackle a little bit, but. That's because we had such a small team. I was like a 150-pound nose tackle. Hmm. There's there's not a ton, unless they're going to ask him to drop in coverage sometimes, which, eh, I guess. Like, uh, what what does he have to learn? Go get him. Yeah, no, go, he go, was he, he can go, but he he was good in instances I saw. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but I mean, but you have to learn a new scheme, a new system. You have to learn the right. That's true. That's fair. He's not an idiot. You know, he played at the highest level. He's he can learn. A not a ton of playbook. nuance in the Jack Del Rio scheme, in my opinion. But what do that's, I? That's that's a that's a fair that's a very good point. Um. So, okay. I think he'll pick it up. I think yeah. Go kill the guy with the ball. Last 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 point. I agree with you. By the way. Um. Look good. Play good. You see those the new uniforms? They're pretty nice, right? I do kind of love them. They're they kind of nice. They look like an old school. Yeah, no, they they're straight out of like the forties. Yeah, uh, they have that hard retro look numbers on helmets. I love. I like it. Yeah. Just real like uh, minimalist. I, I dig them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've always loved their color scheme. Big yeah, burgundy same. guy here. Yeah, I grew up. Big in burgundy DMV. guy checking in. I had a lot of burgundy. Um, all right, man. Good stuff. Let's move up north and talk about the New York Giants. <clears throat> and I think uh, same thing. All new coaching staff. Was this off season the um, the bow on the uh, Dave Gettleman disaster of a regime? Yeah. Did he make any mistakes? I mean, did he make any correct decisions in your opinion? I wouldn't have taken Thomas fourth. I didn't have him. I had him as like my fourth tackle, I guess. Yeah, I have third or fourth. I sure. mean, it, it was – it, it's hard to differ. I, di- I didn't sit there and watch – you know, I don't have a scouting department that sat there and watched hundreds of snaps of all these tackles. They, you, you didn't know, they eat had the their, tape? They, they had their choice, but I really thought it was going to be Werfs or Becton. That's uh, – I mean, good. it ended up being really good for Cleveland who had – uh, the uh, the next five picks really helped them with nobody else taking a tackle. But yeah, sure. Andrew Thomas, I'm sure, is good. He SEC being an SEC starting tackle is tough, especially at a high level team. Georgia kind of gets lost because of Bama LSU. Georgia's always super up there, you know. Kirby Smart is he generational though? I'm not. I'm not sure. We'll see. If he uh, another one where we need to see how this turns out. He's going to play, I think, on the right side. Actually, I think Solder. They, they have Solder. Are they out. moving Solder? No, he's, they... he uh, he opted out. Oh, I forgot about that. So He's back um, on the left to... now. They're yeah, going to start a guy. They're going to start their third-round pick, Matt Pert, at right tackle. Pert. Not a joke. I can't say Pert and not say breast after it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a child. Pert. Matt Pert is going to be starting Pert. at right tackle. Um. Yeah. So rookie tackles. Savior, yeah. So two rookie ta- <laughs> two rookie tackles, and we, you know, we just said a lot of this is an upside downside problem. But when you have two of them, <laughs> it's a, the variance. The variance factor is way bigger, especially like what if one's good and one's bad? Yeah, that's you true. Then you still well, you still have a weekend then, and I don't know. I I'm not 
super high on Barkley as a pass blocker sometimes. I think he does okay. I'm not super high on him as a running back. He's such a buster boom, boomer, boomer bust kind of guy when he is, does have the ball. We did love Danny Dimes for like a hot minute there, a cup of coffee at the beginning of the season. But Yeah, he throws he a nice ball. A, he throws a nice ball. He has his struggles. The receiving core is – it's like it's it's names. You know these names, but are they good, good anymore? Like sure. Golden, Golden Tate is Golden Tate the Golden Tate he was. Shepard can play well. Slayton, I'm in and out on sometimes. But yeah, the offense, I think it's it's they're in a similar situation where Daniel Jones, we need to see what we're getting. And I think maybe he wasn't – it wasn't as bad as Haskins. Like, they didn't throw him in the second half of blowout just because somebody gets a concussion. Like, hey, you're fucking, you're playing now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was brought into the fold a little gentler. So, and he's, he's played more. So, I think, yeah, he's, how many games did he start? Uh, I want to say 14. Uh, yeah, I it was, I was, I knew three. I thought it was 12 or 13, maybe, but you might be right. He might have missed I, one from injury, actually, because didn't Eli get his late start against the, the Eagles? That was really annoying. Um, I think he probably was 12 or 13 with missed a couple injury, with, with injury. Yeah. Um, I dig 12, him. 12 starts, 13 games. <laughs> and he's another one where, you know, I'm going to be low on the Giants. Like, no, no surprise from what we talked about early. But – Again, this is a – we have to see what we're going to get from him to, before I really decide. And I'm going to move my power number exclusively on Daniel Jones, I guess, or what this offense looks like. It's If it's if it surprises me a little, it, like they're going to – I'm going to be ready to make big adjustments on teams with quarterbacks I don't know a lot about. You know what I mean? Sure. A brand like both of these brand new coaching staffs, all the way you know, both coordinators and a head coach. This one's a little weirder because it was you know a, a wide receivers coach again from a great and storied franchise, in New England. But Joe Judge, not a lot. Oh, uh, he was a was about. he wide receiver? He was like special teams, wasn't he? I think he was both. Oh yeah, yeah. He had this wide receiver role last year too. The worst wide receiver unit that the Patriots have had in the last two decades. He was uh, presiding over that. Cool. Yeah, I think people just said we're not fooling around with McDaniels anymore and we'll just we'll go below him or whatever. The Joe Judge so, hire. We can spend a good little bit of time on this. Well, the Joe Judge – let's go Joe Judge slash Jason Garrett because I don't know anything about Patrick Graham. I'm not going to talk about him. But Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, I'm not in love with this. No. I don't Mostly love the Joe Judge part of this. Jason yeah, Garrett somebody. can Jason Garrett can do a fine impersonation of an offensive coordinator. I'm sure. I mean, he can. He's yeah. probably a, that's probably not a bad choice to bring into your. He has a ton of develop. experience. Yeah, right. Do you you want to develop a young quarterback? You want somebody in his ear who can tell him, like, "Hey, you need to be looking at this, thinking about this. This is something that you know you're going to see on this play." Like, Jason Garrett is a fine fine guy for that you don't want jason garrett making decisions like we're going to go for it here or we're going to kick a field goal or we're going to punt you don't want jason garrett uh putting his fingerprints on the offense in terms of when we're you know what you know how often we're going to run early uh in downs uh and you know that that those were the kind of um you know uh decisions that i feel like doomed him his tenure in dallas um and to a degree, he's bringing the bad part of his experience and in, in you know what what play to call when, uh, but the good part in that he can you know he can teach this kid. Yeah, Joe, and that's Joe Judge. None of that. Yeah, Joe Judge. It's when they said that, I'm like, is is that a real thing? It's one of those where it's like, oh, he's in the. They're interviewing Joe Judge, and at that point, I just assumed Joe Judge was black. Sure. Like, oh, that's a because that's what and I, uh, that sucks. Like, I say that kind of jokingly, but at the same time, it sucks because the ruining rule sucks. Like, because teams don't take it seriously, and they you get it's a these farce, token. Yeah. Sure, it, it's a complete farce. You get token interviews for guys they were never going to hire. Like, there has to be a better way to get some get some uh, diversity in the league, I guess. In the same so, sense, yeah, what, we when, might as well, we might as well mention why in the hell not hire freaking Eric Bieniemy for this role. 
Like why yeah, the fuck like Joe him. Judge? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does suck that uh, that that because I'm you know I'm just being honest. That's where my mind went. I'm like, is this like a Rooney Rule interview where they're just you know whatever you know. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy. Filling, this yeah, isn't filling, this, filling the quota for no, their, yeah, no, their one diversity interview. And right, your sucks, point. Your point is fair. It sounded. Him, your point is fair. It yeah. sounded like this is not a serious candidate. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah and then he got it. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a full on thing. He is the he's the coach. He's the guy who yeah, he's the guy who plans punt coverage for the for the <laughs> Patriots, which I guess they've had decent special teams in the past. But uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't know what to make of this at all. He's he's another. I, I guess he fits the mold. He's he's. You know what? He's the same age as Scott uh, Scott Turner. He's mm. thirty eight years old. Okay. He's been with the Patriots for a while. I mean, he. You got a good good uh, resume. He was with Bama and the Patriots. He can't go wrong with that. He's he's probably got a bunch of rings. That's a good so, point. I mean, he's 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 tasted success. Good for that. But I I don't know what to make of some of these or what the decision the decision making ideas are here when you when you go with a guy that hasn't done it. He's yeah. He's never. I mean, even in college, he was a special teams assistant. Yeah. He was not ever an offensive coordinator even. Right. Or, or for that matter, a defensive coordinator, which I don't like hiring defensive coordinators. Right. Let's so, but let's take a, a big old step back here. Hiring a special teams coach as your head coach uh, isn't the craziest thing in the world. Uh, it worked for the Ravens. Um, John Harbaugh, obviously a top five coach in the NFL, and I don't think anyone can question that. Um, and I don't, you know, when I when I heard the judge news, not unlike you, I thought this is not serious, is it? And then lo and behold, it is my next thought was, okay, well, I'm not going to pass some sort of judgment on here because I have no idea who this guy is. I have no idea. Yeah, we we learned our lesson yeah. with Arthur Smith. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, you, you know, like it's this, it's not, this isn't let's bury this guy. Cause we don't know him. Uh, this is let's bury him because every decision and every quote and every piece of media he's done since he's gotten hired is a complete and total disaster. And it just reflects an entirely broken concept from Gettleman down with how you build a franchise and who you hire to, you know, to um, steward the roster. And the clips coming out about judge making these guys run laps, you know, coaches and players, professionals, these are professional athletes making them run laps for making mistakes in practice. Um, the, the, you know, we're going to be tougher than everybody, you know, like this, this attitude is insane uh, when you consider what works and what is a reasonable way to manage professional athletes of this caliber. And I don't, I cannot imagine he's trying to do a Bill Belichick impression, but if he is, he's doing it exceptionally poorly. Um, and we've seen other, you know, Belichick disciples take this sort of approach upon entering a team and we've seen it fail miserably. Um, I absolutely still look at the decision to take Barkley two years ago as sort of the beginning of the end of the Gettleman tenure. Uh, and I think the hiring of Joe judge is the end of the end of the tenure. Uh, it may go for another year here just because before ownership. Garrett takes over. <laughs> well, I don't even know if Garrett is, I, I don't even know if he will do well enough as a coordinator to give, be warranted consideration. And that's why I hate this. Cause they're, they're probably going to have to just clean house again in two years. Yeah, You're just setting your franchise certainly. back. If, the, if this, if, if they don't know, so if the, if this isn't the Patrick Mahomes of coaching hires yeah. where everyone just like, Oh, that was surprising. Then here we are resetting again in a couple of years. Right. And here's, so here's the problem. Why isn't toughness going to work? Uh, you have legitimate, like fundamentally effed holes on your roster. You have, you're going to be starting two rookie tackles with a quarterback who has a fumbling problem. Like I, that talk about adding freaking gasoline to a fire. Like that, it, it is mind blowing that they're doing this. Um, you have uh, this 
sunk foul, sunk cost fallacy with Saquon Barkley now in terms of his usage and his, uh, you know, role uh, on the offense. Um, you have this mishmash of good, not great receiving weapons. That's like deep. So I guess you're, you know, you're, you're going to be able to sustain, um, you know, cluster injuries, of, but you have a bunch of possession guys, but a bunch of, but yeah, a bunch of possession guys, no real game breakers. Um, and your defense flat out sucks and no amount of talking up toughness is going to turn these guys into more talented players. There are, there is just absolutely no way you can convince me that the talent level on this defense is not bottom five clearly across the NFL, which means you are going to find yourself at a deficit in a lot of games with an extremely tough schedule. And you are going to put Daniel Jones in an even worse situation where he is wasting downs with handoffs to Saquon Barkley early. And he is uh, running for his life on third and long uh, late in downs. And this, it's just, it is so clearly a failure of vision in terms of constructing a roster that I am like so certain that this is a three win team. Yeah. The, there's a market for, and I looked pretty hard at uh, jets and, you know, jets and uh, giants, like both New York teams. I'm just struggling to see how, how the coaching staffs and the roster construction are going to, you know, show any sort of improvement for in in any aspect of the three phases of football, and then also just the schedules aren't great. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the schedules are aren't great for either. But we're on the Giants right now. Again, it's you know we're in the same division, so we're going to say you know a lot of the same teams: Steelers, Niners, Dallas, obviously Philly twice, Tampa, Seattle, Baltimore. It's it's you know the if they and if we're right and Washington is a little better than the market thinks and da, the Giants are a little worse, I mean ceiling is splitting with Washington then, so you got to get a win at Cincinnati which is away, off your bye at least, and then the next closest line game is hosting the Cardinals which is a I guess a bit of an advantage spot having a a West Coast team in. But I mean, I, I'm also kind of high on on Arizona as an offense. Yeah. So that that's a bad matchup for a bad defense. Like they're going to get scored on. They're going to get scored on. Maybe historically, if things don't turn around a little. Yeah. So, this is this like, is the get right. This game is a two schedule. or three win. It's a through yeah. two or three win team. This is a number one pick team. This is alt under team. This is most win or most losses prop. And I'm. I'm out for a host of reasons, and Jason Garrett probably is one of them. But, yeah, the Joe Judge-Jason Garrett thing doesn't make sense to me. The drafting that they've done doesn't make sense to me. Two rookie tackles isn't isn't great, even though, you know, there, there is upside in Thomas, I'm sure. Guy went – he's a top-five pick. Hopefully he can perform uh, a rookie, adds free safety – Jabril Peppers, yeah, I mean, there's a couple pieces on defense, but not, wow, that's it. (laughs) Williams, I guess. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't look at their defense as much as you. This could be a really, really, yeah, they're going to get scored on and scored on. This sucks. This is going mean, to suck. Well, sorry. well, at least the Knicks got the uh, – I'm, I'm pretty sure the Knicks <laughs> the Yank, Everybody on the Yankees is hurt. Sorry, New York. Yeah, man. This Wilders. is really tough. This is really tough. It's And it's like I'm not – like I don't delight in stomping on, you know, people's poor work. <laughs> but – Gettleman's not the right guy for this job in this time. Uh, he might have been able to put together a spectacular team to compete for uh, the 1960 NFL championship. Um, but uh, Most of the teams he put together weren't 
weren't hit like it wasn't by right. any skill yeah. it was half luck and half other people's work so yeah I, yeah I don't believe in him and as an executive it starts at the top roster construction I mean outside of just cluster injuries year after year roster construction is the biggest way to derail a team long term when you draft a running back that high when you decide you wait way too long to replace Eli yeah. and then you, you don't get multiple shots at it to bring a guy in and groom him. You bring a guy in while Eli's in his death throes. Yeah. You bring in a bad coach in McAdoo. You don't give Shermer much of a shot because of the roster construction. I still think Shermer may be better offensive coordinator than a coach, but he wasn't given a fair shake twice now. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, talk about just the bad, bad, bad plays, bad, bad place, bad time. Bad time, bad place, bad time. Both times he uh, was ascended, and now now you're making some very questionable tires. I know we we haven't even really dipped onto the roster a lot. We're talking about the coaching a lot, but I think I think the main storyline here is shitty GM, shitty roster construction, crazy ass coaching hires, and we don't know what we have from Daniel Jones. So yeah. unless Saquon runs for like twenty three hundred yards. And there's some major injuries in the division. It's like a three-win team. Yeah. And, like, let's just run through their schedule real quick. Because, number I one – I like Evan Ingram. Like, I'll say Yeah, that. sure. I'm going to say, you know what, silver lining. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram good, deserves some credit. if you don't yeah. have a good quarterback, if, if he's getting short passes like he was last year, if yeah. you're not using – you know, the depth of target had to be minimal. Yeah, bet Evan Ingram overs against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know anything else I can say positive about this team. Um, the uh, <laughs> the week one Monday Night Football, you get to host Pittsburgh. What uh, four strip sacks and two defensive touchdowns in that one? Did you see um, the line on that? Nick Nick uh, Costos yesterday he brought that up. He's like, like three he's a half, Giants right? fan. He's like, wouldn't you just hammer that? I'm like, God, maybe I should. Pitt that minus should be like half, five. Right? I yeah, if I truly, yeah. if I truly think as highly make, as I yeah. do yeah. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I'm going to go look at my numbers. I bet I make it five. Zero home field advantage in that spot. Uh, it should well, be not six. only that, but a point I brought up too is um, we're not going to have any team who has this maybe a road game in week four of the preseason. Sure, so being on the road week one of the NFL is, season is absolutely neutral. Yes, it's, it's it's neutered by the fact that you have all the time in the world to prep and travel. Yeah, it so is the, the absolutely road, neutral. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing for how many fans they're going to be letting in, but it's not a big – New York, a, I think zero. I think they're going to be zero there. So it's going to be – it's a, it's not a terrible long travel spot from Pittsburgh to New York, New Jersey. No. And then also it's the, the fact that it's a travel spot is neutered by how much time you have to prep for that yep. week. So, yeah, that's, right. that's a, I'm betting it. In fact, I'm going to go find the best – you like Pittsburgh anyway, so I was I was trying well, to talk to you. That's I tried to talk said. you into this a couple of weeks ago, and you I were like you lukewarm. I, feel, it. Um, I felt like you brought it up. I'm like, God, maybe I do love that. Uh, but yeah, no, Pittsburgh is going to have an absolute field day pass rushing against this offensive line. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, Chicago, similarly, uh, defense is going to be um, absolutely uh, brutal matchup for this offensive line. Uh, San Francisco, nice. Nice. You get a nice little one, two, three, uh, three of the more uh, rookie tackles <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. One, two, three. Um, that sounds nice. Okay, well, now you get uh, two of the more high-flying offenses back to back in the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you are legitimately going to be the get-right spot for every offense in this league uh, over the course of your entire schedule. Uh, week six, you're against the Redskins again. Another brutal pass rush. Uh, maybe uh, you know. I think. There are six-point favorites in that one at home right now. I, I my guess is they are zero and five, and the Redskins are say one four, but look frisky, and that's probably a game that closes under a field goal. Um, then at Philly, Tampa, Washington. I mean, it, man, man, I, I just maybe three wins is being generous to these guys. I already have an alt under on them, uh, under four and a half at plus two thirty-six, um, and. I, I'll be honest, like, even if Daniel Jones turns into turns out to uh, overperform in general, 
he's going to have to score so many points in so many of these games, and he's going to be behind in so many of these games and facing brutal pass rushes. It's just, it's extremely difficult uh, to wrap my head around this team um, exceeding expectations in any way. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's flip it like silver linings. What, yeah. what good, what could happen? Uh, ceilings like six wins, just the schedule, the schedule keeps the ceiling down. Even if Daniel Jones becomes, uh, you know, his, at his ceiling, Washington's not as good as I hoped. They beat Washington twice. They take care of Cincy. They win because Arizona has to travel in a weird spot. I don't know what, I don't, I got to pull up your little chart to see where Arizona's coming from the, the week before that. Um, and then maybe hosting Cleveland. Maybe the Bears are so bad that they get that one too. Like that's six and the rest aren't really winnable. Not for a team with this roster construction. The defense is going to get smoked. The offensive line is going to get torn apart by some of these tandems that are going to be rushing them. Arizona, the week they go to the Giants, are coming off a home game at L.A. Yeah. Hosting L.A. So it's not like, you know, it's a it's a Southwest team traveling to Jersey in the winter, so a bit of an advantage spot maybe. Other advantage spot, they do have – man, they have a back-to-back-to-back. There's only like four teams that have a back-to-back-to-back, and they're one of them. Granted, one's kind of a home game. It's yeah. Carolina and then at the Jets. So it's not really. It's a Jets home game in the Meadowlands. So I don't. I guess I don't count that. We should pull that one off the chart. Which one are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Oh, I'm looking at Arizona. Sorry, oh, no, I'm so confused. Yeah, yep, yeah, I'm on Arizona. Arizona. No, that's why I was confused. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Never mind. Ignore. Ignore the last. No, five but they seconds do. But I they said. do play. They do play. The, the disadvantage spot point is still relevant, though. They got to go back to back at Dallas. They got to go back to back. Yep. At no, Seattle. they they have they several back to back. Two teams off their bye. Washington and Philly off their bye, and back to back weeks. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. Going further into the schedule, they yeah double back to backs. Rams and Dallas back to back. Cincy and Seattle. Two teams off their bye in a row. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and no. then even like their extra extra rest off Thursday night facing Tampa. How's that secondary going to do? against even 50% Tom Brady with those receivers. Yeah, no. The, it's, the, a bad, the, it's a bad schedule to try to put silver linings on. Yeah, no, the silver linings for this team is that the two tackles you drafted are the two best tackles that have been drafted in the last five years. And they provide an immediate uh, yep. upgrade to the offensive line from last season. And Daniel Dimes has time in the pocket to let his receivers get downfield and he can make those precision passes that we got pretty excited about early in last season that, you know, he can make those passes. You know, he is the kind of the anti um, anti Josh Allen to a degree, right? Like he's got a strong arm and it's extremely accurate downfield. And, but the, just like the way that you craft an offense, given the limitations of this roster is a lot of short passing. And I don't know that he is a super solid at that. We have we didn't see a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of checkdowns to Sack Barkley and to Evan Ingram in this offense, um, and that's not going to help you when you're down two scores because your defense just gave up another bomb. You know, so it's uh, it's not good. This Giants team is going to have a very 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 long season, uh, and um, I don't know. They're going to have a very hard decision to make about whether they give Joe Judge another year, whether they give Dave Gettleman another year. I'm guessing that they've already pot committed to two years with these guys, um, but uh, I can't tell you that uh, that they deserve it after what we've seen to this point. And I can't tell you that we're ever really going to see meaningful improvement from these guys. So with that, let's wrap. Yeah, this wasn't one Sorry, that James we fans. had. A, it, it's, hard, it's hard to talk about teams like this. It's like there's so many unknowns. It's not – a team where you have a ton of – I mean, even if you do have continuity, you have the wrong kind of continuity. It's like, man, here's some defenders who couldn't do it, and they didn't bring enough pieces in to replace enough of these guys. So it's tough to talk about some of these bad teams. I don't know. We'll we'll put some finer points on these teams throughout the season, I think, as we get to watch some of their games. 
that'll, oh yeah, for uh, sure. That'll, that'll that'll help a lot. Like, there's going to be a bunch of these teams where we won't learn anything new about them. We're like, yep, their Niners are still really good. The the offense is clicking. The defense is murdering people. They just have to stay healthy. You know, team the the bad teams, and it sucks to say this because it means you have to watch some ugly ass games. But you need to watch or at least dive into the box scores and look into some context on some of these these bad teams because yeah. they're the ones that you need to make adjustments on the hardest because they have the most uncertainty and the most, you know, just uh, amount of coaching scheme roster position groups that we just don't know a ton about. And you need to learn a bunch about to tighten up your numbers. True. True. And you know, there may be some betting spots on them later in the season. If what we're saying is correct and they are like, Oh, and eight, uh, two loss, two losses to Washington, you know, like there, there may be a point in time where they are underrated. Um, yeah. Every team has their floor. Yeah. So then, you know, if they're going up against a team without a solid pass rush, um, Daniel dimes might be able to carve and they may be, they may be a, a nice, a couple nice over spots on their roster here. Um, no, you're on their uh, schedule here. So, all right, let's uh, let's call it a day. Good job. We will be back with the top half of the NFC East on Wednesday. You get it. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs>